How many of you are excited to be here? Yes, that's good. That's good. Yes. This is the time to dig deep into the Word of God. Okay, this is the hour where we study the Word of God and dig deeper. As I said before, if we, as I have said last week, if we take care of our depth, God will take care of the width and the height. Right? But we want to take care of the height first, and we want to take care of the width first, and say, when I'm successful, when, my, when I get my life in order, then I'll worship the Lord. I want to tell you this morning, that you take care of your depth first, then God will increase. God will lift you up. So this is the time to study the Word of God, and we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 13, right? This is the last one. At our, uh, for our series, the seventh series. So when you turn to Revelation chapter 3, we are going to talk on the church, uh, Laodicea. In Greek it's Laodicea. I used to say Laodicea too. So if I say any of them, then you'll know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? So Revelation chapter 3, and let me read the first um, words for you from, uh, uh, four, uh, uh, from 7. This, these are the word of the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one of the other. This is 14 and 15. I want that word to build up what he has prepared for us today. Okay? I want that word to continue to build up what he has for us today. So, in this seventh series, we're going to round it up today and see what God is doing and what God has done for all of us. So we were talking about, those of you who missed last Sunday, we were talking about the name of Jesus Christ, that when we are with him finally, eternally, that you will know the new name of Jesus. Do you remember that? That Jesus is going to give you a new... We're going to, his name will not be called Jesus Christ. We're going to know His new name. That is one of the reward. That's one of the blessings. Okay? And we were going to, we're going to know his, his, his name. So, after the service, we were talking about... Um, so, after the service, there was an Asian. There was an American... And there was a European, uh, uh, Ukrainian, right? Asian, Ukrainian, and American having a conversation. And say, what could be the name of that? What would be that new name? What do you think would be the new name of Jesus? Uh, so uh, the, our American members said, oh, it could be Bob. You know, Bob's very common, so it could be Bob. And uh, our European uh, Ukrainian said, No, 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 not Bob. I don't think it will be Bob. Uh, Ivan, Ivan. You know, it can be Ivan. So I'm thinking, uh, let's take Bob as the first name. Ivan, second name, twist it a little. It could be Bob Evans. You know, <laughs> the new name of Jesus. It could be Bob Evans, but you never know. Uh, um, the seven churches is here in modern Turkey now, as you, all the seven churches are in modern Turkey there, 
love. And Laodicea, we're going to talk about that church. And do the church, and do the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, Laodiceans, this thing says the amen. So this is the introduction. Where is love? Um, Laodicea is known for a comfort, for wealth, for being soft and rich. Um, and this is also uh, the place, the center of medicine. And the chief deity, the god there is uh, Aslepius. You have seen this sign before, right? That's the medical sign. So the rod of Aslepius has this sign, the serpent curving around the rod. And we have this medical sign now today. Uh, when you go to a doctor or hospital, that's the sign for medicine. So Laodicea, Laodicea is known for medicine. Great center for medicine. Great trade route for the Roman Empire. Flourishing city and a rich, wealthy church. Do you also remember about this serpent? Right? You will remember the fiery serpent in Numbers 21. Because God's people disobeyed, there was a fiery serpent that came, and the snake bit many people. Many people died. So Moses went to God and said, what can we do? He said, build with the a serpent and a pole and put it up there. When the, the snake bite you, look it up, and it will save you. So there's some Christian theme, theme there already on the serpent. I don't know whether Asclepius got it from Old Testament or whatever. Um, uh, but the name of the Lord, the Amen, He is going to save us. Let's talk about the Amen. So there is no, this is the first time and the only ever introduction of Christ and the name given Amen. You will not find it anywhere. You will not find it in the New Testament. Again, this is it. But when you go back, when you study, and when you go back, there is the God of Amen. Uh, understood as the God of Amen, especially in the lexicon. In Isaiah 65, verse 16, it says, the God of truth. Okay. Isaiah, 65, verse, Isaiah 65, verse 16, when you read there, in the name of the God of truth, the God of truth, that's the name, the God of truth, the God of Amen. The God of Amen is the God of truth that the prophet talks about. So he's making this introduction, I am the truth. Isn't that what he said? I am the truth, I am the way, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he's introducing as the truth. Is he the truth at that time? To the people that were uh, looking at Christ, looking at Christians, looking at the church, are we a witness of the truth? Maybe they were not. That's why he's coming to say, I am the truth. He's coming to remind the people that have lost their way to say, I am the truth. How do we know this? Because he went on to say that I'm the beginning of creation. See, it didn't say I am the first created being. This is very important. We have to know why this is happening. Because Arian, Arianism has come. Arian has come. That is the modern Gnostics. Uh, they said that Christ was made. Christ was made by God. He was created by God. He was not God. See? 
Because what did Arianism and Gnosticism, what do they believe? That everything that is of matter, material things, are not perfect. It's fallen. So if Christ is born out of a woman, he is also like any one of us, having physical body and fallen nature of God, so Christ cannot be God. And he is saying, I am the first of the creation. See? The firstborn over all things. Colossians 1.15, they have to... The inspired word of God is teaching the churches because of the things that are happening there. That he is the firstborn over all creation. All things were made through him. There was nothing that was made without him. All things were made through him and by him. We know that in John chapter 1, when you read... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. All things were made through Him and by Him. Nothing was made without His knowledge. He was not the first created being. He's the one that created. Are we getting there? You're following me, right? He made the world. Hebrews 1.12 He is not a created being. He is the Amen. He is the firstborn of all creation. This is the one strongly introducing himself to the church, the rich church. We have talked about the small, poor church, uh, Smyrna and Philadelphia. But Christ said, you are poor, but you are rich. You are physically poor, but you are spiritually rich. This Laodicea was one of the richest church there. And they're saying, you are rich, but poor church. You are rich physically, but you're so poor spiritually. This is the rich, poor church that Christ found nothing good to write about. There was nothing good about this church. Not like Smyrna, not like Philadelphia. Even if this Ephesus has something good about it, even though they have lost the first love. But here, no, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, right? If this hot is not like, uh, hey, young people, it's not like, hey, you're hot, not like that hot, okay? Okay, this is different. Although, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being hot, I guess. My wife is smoking hot. What's to blame her, you know? I mean, uh, it's okay to be hot, I guess, but not that kind of hot, hot, okay? Not spicy hot, not masala hot, okay? Not jalapeno hot. This is like spiritual hot. Nor cold. Have you ever wondered where this term come from? See? Let's talk about it, because it's very relevant. Now, see, you see the Laodicea there? And it's, uh, it, uh, the Lycos River is there, there okay? Now, ten, six miles north is the Heropolis. You know what was there? The hot spring. There was the hot spring there. And what do you do with hot spring? Oh, you take bath in it. We believe that there's uh, healing 
a chemical or solution there. How many have, have you gone to hot spring? Yeah, very few? Okay. Have you literally taken body in a hot spring? Yeah. We have done that. I've done that many times in a hot spring. There's a hot spring. We just sit there and let... It's very relaxing. I don't know about the healing thing, but it's definitely relaxing. So six miles, right? And then the, down the southeast is uh, Colossae. There is the cold spring, 10 miles. You would know that the, the Romans, they built aguaducts. Okay? Because Laodicea has to depend heavily on water from other sources, they built aqueducts. So what happens is, this six-mile aqueduct from uh, uh, Heropolis, the hot spring comes. Before it reached Laodicea, what happened? It has become lukewarm. They could not use as a bath anymore. See? So the cold spring from Colossae, when it, 10 miles when it traveled and reached Laodicea, that cold spring has become lukewarm. It's not refreshing anymore. Okay? Christ is taking these things, say, that hot water that has a healing element is no good when it comes to ladies here. The cold spring that is refreshing, reviving, oh, cold, good water. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's lukewarm. It's of no use. And Christ is saying to them, you're like that hot water that comes from Hierapolis that is of no use, no healing element anymore. You don't have that water, that refreshing, reviving spirit in you anymore. Neither cold nor hot. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water. Christ was saying in Matthew 10, 40, if you give this little one just a cup of cold water, I have a reward for you. But there's no cold water, no, no refreshing spirit within us that we could give to these little ones that are among us. We cannot give this cold, refreshing, reviving water, fountain of water that springs from the life of God to this little one in, our, in us anymore because there's nothing in us. All they could look at our face is see the irritation, you know, uh, the discomfort of them being around us. That there is no blessing in us. There is no desire to train them up so that they can walk in the ways of the Lord and to raise up as God-fearing men and women of God. They can't see that in us. Because we're soft. We're rich. We're wealthy. We have no time for the little ones. And Christ is saying, no, you're not called. You have nothing to give to the little ones. You have nothing to give to your wife. You have nothing to give to your sons and daughters. Everything inside you is lukewarm. And I'm going to vomit you out. How many of you like, how many of you find vomiting beautiful? Have you seen like, have you seen a girl when you were in college and she's vomiting there? She drank too much and I just fell in love at the first sight. She was vomiting. <laughs> vomiting is violent. Right? 
You know what I'm talking about. You feel like your gut is coming out when you vomit. Every being is like coming out of your mouth. And you wish it would stop. And you like, you wake up the neighbors like, what is happening? That's what Christ is going to do. It's not a pretty picture, my friends. It's not just a simple, quiet vomiting out. He has such extreme disgust for our lukewarmness that he's going to vomit it out. That's a hard thing to take it, isn't it? Who likes that? I don't like that. But that's what he's going to do. Why? Because there's nothing refreshing, reviving within you. You haven't spent time praying and reading the word of God. You have been looking your stock market. You've been looking at your savings. You've been counting your money. You're doing what to do with all these things that has taken over your life. That is, there is nothing. There is no life outside your job, your wealth, your money. There's no time for the Lord and His people. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That is being hot. Romans 12.1 Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, and serving the Lord with fervency. That's being hot. Hey? You want to feel hot? Be fervent in the spirit and feel hot. You know, let God look at you and say, I like that hot God. He is fervent in spirit and serving the Lord, loving other people, loving God. Oh, I like him. He's hot. Okay? Not spicy hot, not masala hot, not hot, hot, hot. Right? I know you know that song, Some Like It Hot, Some Like It Cold. I think there was a song a long time ago. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold or nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. See? You are lukewarm, I will vomit you out. Why? Because it's lacking in passion, force, and zest. Zest is an older word for the older people, but passion, young people can relate to it. Force, yeah? Kids learn the word force after Jesus because of may the force be with you. Right? That might be the second word they learn. Lacking in passion, force, and zest. To reject with extreme disgust. That's the definition. That's the translation of vomit from Greek. To reject with extreme disgust. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. I pray we're either cold or hot for Christ. How is that evident? That will be evident in your desire to pray. You ready? You ready, friends, my people, this church, good church? If we spend in the ministry of prayer and if we spend in the ministry of the word ministry of prayer and ministry of the word I can guarantee you we will be hot and cold 
But that's on you and on me. I cannot make you read the Bible. I cannot make you pray. I can only read. I can only pray. I enjoyed the prayer time yesterday. Here, in this church. I enjoyed reading the Word of God. It blessed me. I prayed for my wife. I prayed for my sons. I prayed for my daughter. I prayed to God, God, please forgive me. I'm not a good husband to my wife. Please help me to be a better husband. I prayed to God that, please make me a better father. You can ask the people that I prayed with. They were there asking, Lord, please forgive me. Cleanse me from my sins and shortcomings. You know, I want to, I want to follow you. I, I want to serve you. I want to love you. It was just so refreshing, the presence of God. But you got to do that on your own. I can't do that for you. When this church is not growing, you can't say pastors not praying, pastors not reading the Word of God. It's on us. It's on you reading the Word of God. It's on you praying. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have no need of nothing and do not know what you are. This is ironic, you know? Christ, they're saying, I'm rich. And so come, Christ is coming back with a kind of an ironic question to say, uh, you say you're rich? That kind of thing. You think you're rich? You know? Say that again, you know? You think you're rich? And he come back with this one. You say you're rich. Let me come back with this. You're wretched. You're miserable. Pitiable, right? Pitiful. You're poor and blind and naked. The word wretched, remember Paul was praying, Oh, wretched man am I, who is going to save me from my sin? That's the same word that you. Thanks be to God, of course. There is a solution. And the word for the, uh, the pitiable, the, the, the miserable, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When Paul was saying, if there is no resurrection, we are mo- we're the most pitiable of all people in this world. If there is no resurrection, our faith is in vain. That's the same word that is used. But what stayed with me is Matthew 23, verse 17. And I want to read for you. He said, fools and blind, for which is greater? The gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. Which is greater? The gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Oh, for us, the gold, of course. For us, the gold, we can feel, touch the gold. It's good, it's heavy. We like our gold. Not something that we cannot see. Oh, the temple, oh, where is he? We don't know, you know. He said he'll come back, but we don't know whether he'll keep that word. You know, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, we still got our gold. This is the same word that is used here. You're fools, you know. It's not nice. It's not nice, Lord. You're blind. Because you don't know that the temple is greater than the gold. Around this time, when the Turks, and uh, um, they were coming down in Constantinople, okay? This is a story, so... I can't verify 100%, right? But as a, a student of history, as I was looking at the invasion of the Turks and expansion of the Turks, 
they call it the Mohammedans, when they were coming down and swooping down to Constantinople, do you know what the church father were doing? What do you think they were doing when the, when the uh, uh, Muslim invasion was coming to the church? What do you think they were doing? Just say something. They were praying? Okay, one, what else? They were securing? Okay, what else? Oh, they were hiding the gold? All right, we're getting somewhere. Anybody wants to add something? Help me in my sermon? Praying, hiding the gold, securing, what else? What do you think they were doing? Taking all the... Okay, oh, we're getting there. This is good. Uh, Can you guys start preaching? Because I don't have anything to say anymore. (laughs) You know what they were doing? They were debating whether the holy water was made impure because there is a dead fly or the dead fly is purified because of the holy water. I am not making this up. Right? They were debating whether the water is unpurified because the fly died there or the fly is purified because of the water. What happened? Of course, the Turks ran over all the church. It's a history. We live in this state now. 1300s. Very close to 1390, you know, around that time. Because the invasion of Laodicea and all starts by 1370s, 79. It ended about 1399, 1390, around that time. And the church were all taken. Except for the church of Smyrna and Philadelphia. They continued to thrive. If Christ is not the head of this church, if Christ is not the head of this church, this church will surely die. Will surely die. If you follow a person, if you follow a personality in this church, and you keep Christ at the back, and as a back burner, this church will die. You don't follow anyone in this church except Christ. Are we good with that? Yes. Your pastor, you don't follow him. I'm, I'm letting you know, you don't follow your pastor. You don't know where he will take you. You know? Dangerous place. Plus, you can't eat spicy food. Don't follow me. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Refined by fire. Revelation, Christ describes himself in Revelation 1.15. His feet were fine brass. It's refined in the furnace. This is the word from Psalms. Uh, also, for you, O oh God, you have refined us as silver. Find us as silver. You know, and Peter talks about the genuineness of our faith. Tested and refined by fire. 
That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. And why? Because then the nakedness may not be revealed. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall nakedness, you remember that? Sir, perils, sir, sword, tribulation. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? No one. Even nakedness cannot separate. But if we are with Christ, this is the opposite of the physical nakedness. This is God will give us if we follow Him. Even though we may be poor, like the church in Philadelphia and Smyrna, if we hold on, stand fast on the Word of God, if we are committed to the ministry of prayer, ministry of the Word of God, then when He comes, He will cover our nakedness. Because the Word of God says here, we groan. We groan in our generation today that we will be clothed with the cloth that comes from heaven. Right? This is what we talk. That our nakedness will be clothed by the cloud that comes from heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Please come on our church members from heaven that we shall not be found naked. We shall not be found naked. Our shame will be clothed by the blood of the Lamb who overcame that He will give us the white garment. The garment that symbolizes victory. Victory in the Lord Jesus Christ because what? Our faith has been tested and been found genuine. Sanctus et veris. Holy and tested in truth. Right? Holy and true. Sanctus et veris. Let me talk about the eyesight. Laodicea is known for the ointment that they export there for this, uh, the sty. Right? When you have an eyesore, red, can you see? It gets swollen and you can't see properly, right? Laodicea is the one that produced that medicine, that ointment. He's saying, you guys have that medicine in your church, but you guys are blind. Get it from the Lord. As many I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be jealous and repent. The Lord loves whom he corrects. Proverbs 3.12 For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He disciplines whom he loves. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in him and dine with him and he with me. This is a reciprocal invitation. Stand at the door. So you also, when you see these things, know that it is near at the door. When, when the things that he talked about of the end days, when those are coming, it's like he's standing at the door. I want you to be aware of it, that I'm at the door. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the church is standing at the door. If any man hear and open, to him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by the name and lead them out. John chapter 10, verse 3. And in Matthew 25, it's he who shut the door because the five foolish virgins were, were late to come to the wedding. I will come and dine with him. He says, uh, if you love me and keep my word, 
I will come, um, I will come and make home with him. That's a beautiful description. Christ is saying, if you love him and keep his word, he will come and make a home in your house. You may not. You may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. That's what we are looking for today. To him who overcome, I will grant to sin with me on my throne. I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 3.21 I will grant him. He grant that blessing to the twelve to say, you will sit with me on the, the twelve thrones judging the world. But I want to leave you with this word. How powerful you are. I want to leave you with this word. I want to remind you this from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 and 3. It says, it says, are you ready? Right? I want you to remember this. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that you are going to judge the world? Not only that, here it comes even better. Do you know that you will judge the angels? We are going to judge the world and the angels. Hallelujah. I have overcome the world. Set down at the right hand of God. The majesty, most high. I overcame and said, you will sit with me because I overcome and said. And then, seek those things that are above. You know, sitting at the right hand of God. If you were raised with Christ, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and on it the Lamb of God will be. For whoever is born of God overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What overcomes the world? Our faith overcomes the world. We are back to basics. We are back to basics. How do you overcome the world? Your faith overcomes. Not your goal. See? Not your goal, but your faith that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus was crucified and buried and on the third day he rose again. That Jesus will come back and take us one of these days. So we are asked to stand steadfast on the Word of God, praying and reading the Word of God. And out of those flow all the ministries, helping the poor, taking care of the sick, giving to the naked, giving to the hungry, you name it, it flows out of that. That's the kind of church we want to be. Right? We are not the church of the wow. That's what I heard. We're the church of the word. So we all look for the wow factor. I need my bling. Where's my gold? Carry this 
around your neck, put as a sign on your forehead. Keep it within your heart that you may not sin against the Lord. This is our life. This is our hope. This is our faith. The Word of God. You hear me? The Word of God. Let's ask our worship team to come up as we get ready to praise and worship Him. So in this seventh series, this is how I have been blessed. You remember that it was one vision, one word of God, and one action of a man that changed the world, especially Europe. It was the Macedonian vision that called Paul to come out that he went and it opened the door for Christianity where? In Europe. One person. In May, one of our church members is going to go to the Philippines. And she is going to start a church there. She's going to start a church there. She says she has a land already, and she wants me to come and preach in that church in 2018 or 2019. That's what comes out of this series. And you pray for that person, that we will send her with our blessing so she will plant the church in Philippines. We have had salvation during this series. We have had baptism during this series. God has done great work in this series, right? And one thing is clear. We want to be the true church of Christ. Starting next week, we're doing a series, Game Changer. What should be the game changer so you can keep your winning streak alive? I'm not talking about gold, right? And we're going to deal the first topic with pain and sorrow. How to overcome your pain and your sorrow. And the second one is how to face your fear. We're look, looking at the 40 days of ministry of Jesus before he ascended into glory and why he stayed back for 40 days. Look forward. Invite your friends. This will be a game-changing series for you if you're open to the Spirit of God. I can guarantee you that. That the Spirit of God is going to do marvelous things in this coming series in May. Let us stand together. Stand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, you feel like He's victorious? Yeah? Come on. Let's give our hand to the victorious Lord.